Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors of Everything podcast via Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wen Lu. This is a very busy week for the Raptors with the draft and also for agency, uh, I guess, tipping off on Sunday. And so joining me to discuss the rumors as of Monday. Uh, right now, it's 4.13 p.m., on July 26th is, in my opinion, a Raptors Twitter legend, um, one of my favorite follows online. You know her as Kate, Kate B. Dahl, at Kate B. Dahl. Kate, what's going on? William, hello. That was such a nice welcome. Thank you so much. I'm not sure uh, I'm legendary status. I'm just really sharing a bunch of nonsense. But um, yeah, that's pretty much my personal brand, William. And yeah. glad, well, I don't, I don't know why I'm calling you William. It's so I, you know, formal. It is pretty formal, but uh, <laughs> no, that's that's. that's is all that okay. what your mother and father call you, William? No, they strictly call me by my Chinese name, which I have never revealed oh. on this podcast. Uh, even though they gave me this name people. of William, like they were just like they literally. I asked. I actually asked them once upon a time, like, how did you come about this name? And they're like, you know, we're watching this movie back in the day. And like, you know, we were in China. And we're like, that's not a bad name. This character has a good story. We'll just name you this character. And I was like, what movie is this? And it turns out it was Braveheart after some real digging. And I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm here just uh, just uh, being named after 14th century uh, Irish. Was he Irish independence? What was Braveheart? Scottish. 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 My bad. My bad. Yeah. So my <laughs> no, Scottish heritage. Your, yeah. Know your, uh, know your 17th century uh, yeah. movie as well. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a, uh, quite a few friends who are, you know, kind of first generation 
Chinese with very similar stories to your own. So mm. um, I think that's a, a common way to just kind of figure out what um, what name they might give you as a pseudonym. But, you know, yeah. I just think you should just give it up and go, and go with your Chinese name. Why not? I, you know, I, I would, but, it, you know, I, I, w- I want, you know, Stephen A to uh, follow me one day. <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> honestly, you know, it, 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 there are some benefits and some whatever, but no, I got very comfortable with it because they just gave me the name a long time ago. Basically, I was named the way the Raptors became a franchise and got their name. <laughs> just like whatever the hit movie was in like 1995, boom, that was it. So um, I could, I mean, it's, it's I could have been named like Jurassic Park. I don't know. My parents didn't know English. Like, <laughs> If we ever get a W, if we ever get a WNBA team, we have to keep that same energy, and we just have to like go with what with what it what the popular movie is of the year, and just name the team accordingly. They'll probably be like the Toronto Avengers or something like that. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, (laughs) we're gonna end up with like a a lawsuit with from Marvel. That's kind of hard though. The Toronto Avengers would be a pretty good. By the way, WNBA apparently reportedly thinking of expanding. I saw some report out there. Toronto is like one of the four candidates. Absolutely expand to Toronto. I don't care if you have to deal with, oh, you know, the visa issues of crossing the border, all this other stuff. No, forget that. Toronto will have an incredible support base for women's basketball. Incredible. I've been wondering where they would play. Like, where do you think they would play? That's the only thing that I couldn't. You think that they like just play at Scotia? Listen, the Leafs have lost their right to play there. There's too many choke, what? too many choke jobs. They got to play in Etobicoke. Um, I know that place, like Lakeshore and Kipling-ish area. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. should play in that arena right there. I know a lot of fans in Etobicoke are Leafs fans, so they can they'll have no problem filling that arena. But their their time slot should be just reserved. In fact, I don't want to see these videos of like the ice being removed, the boards being removed, uh, some stanchion being removed. Like I don't want to see that anymore. <laughs> I just want to see a basketball court there permanently, played by the Raptors and apparently the Toronto Avengers. You know what? It it actually would work too because just the timing's always right with regards to like the overlap of the NBA and the WNBA seasons very different. Yeah, and exactly. Like what's going on at Scotiabank Arena in the summertime? Like not much. No. I actually and it's own like the space is owned by MLSC. Obviously, any WNBA team coming here is probably going to be backed by MLSC. Yeah, of course. Um, so it actually works really well. Mm-hmm. They've already got the infrastructure. Let's go. Yeah. There you but go. what are they waiting for, Will? I don't know. I, you know, listen, if Toronto <laughs> wants to be a first class city, why don't we have a WNBA team? Um, yeah. So, it's time. Uh, the Raptors, um, what a transition. Oh, them. Yeah. The Raptors. Oh, so, you know, look, not there's much a going rumor- on this week, Will. There's not much going on this week, which is why there are rumors every single day about every single player, basically. Uh, we'll start with Ben Simmons, which has yeah. not been my favorite topic. I'm on record no. saying. I don't like Ben Simmons on his contract. I, I like Ben Simmons. I kind of, I, I halfway like Ben Simmons as a prospect. Um, I'm basically giving the Bilbo Baggins speech about Ben Simmons right now. I, I like half mm-hmm. of you, but I, I like half of Ben Simmons. Um, but the contract is, is a big thing. So, but you know, the Raptors keep getting connected to them. Uh, Mark Stein mentioned it. Kevin O'Connor mentioned it. Shams mentioned it. So it doesn't seem like it's, mm, um, I don't know, just being floated out there as smoke. Maybe there is some fire here. So I was mostly thinking about like, what's a Ben Simmons package that would be acceptable from a Raptor perspective mm-hmm. that isn't like so outlandish to Philadelphia that they're just giving up Ben Simmons for free. Because Ben Simmons is not at the point in his career where it's it's not Andrew Wiggins, right? Well, <laughs> Minnesota, where they were like, okay, we got to move this guy because, you know, he's just negative value. 
Um, so I'll ask, I'll ask you, Kate, like what, what would you feel comfortable with in a Ben Simmons package? Okay. I mean, th- this is the hard part. Well, in coming up with perspective offers for Ben Simmons is that, as you said, in a vacuum, I love Ben Simmons, you know, in a vacuum, would I like him on my team? Absolutely. But you've got $33 million of salary to contend with mm-hmm. and creating a package to move around the pieces to put together $33 million worth of salary to, you know, to kind of swap. We've got a little bit of, of room on the cap that we, we could maybe kind of go a little bit over and send a little bit less back. But I mean, I'm not, you know, one trade that I think, think would make sense for Philly is I can't believe I'm about to say this, but like Simmons for OG, but I'm not doing that. You know, if I'm, if I'm a Sayu Jiri, there's no sense in doing that type of trade. Um, the only thing that I, I've really been able to come up with that makes sense with Toronto, unless we're starting to involve three team trades is the Kyle Lowry sign and trade. Uh, because anything else outside of that, I just don't see the pieces matching together and sending and sending back. I, I've always thought that this smoke is coming um, as a result of Philly looking for some sort of three team situation mm-hmm. that makes sense to to send out Simmons and, and receive Lowry. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, what, what, have you come up with anything? I, I just haven't. Well, come and considering what what Philly wants. I mean, if we looked at if we look at what they've turned down. If we look at what they publicly turned down, mm-hmm. it's something like uh, Malcolm Brogdon in a first. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we've got the equivalent of that Fred Van Vliet in a first, you know, they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, are they doing Fred Van Vliet in number four? Maybe, That's, but does Toronto really want to do that? That's too much that feels Toronto. like too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like see yeah. what you want about Ben Simmons. I really think his, um, I mean, would you do, would you swap him with, with Pascal, like why? Why are yeah, we doing that? I don't see that. What's the benefit either. there? Um, which, by the way, it would be pretty hilarious for the first pick in that draft to be swapped with the twenty seventh pick. But, uh, <laughs> nevertheless, trust the process, baby. Trust that process. Anyway, um, yeah, I wouldn't do Pascal for Ben Simmons. I think Pascal's a better player. They're on the same exact contract. Um, I think Pascal's a more impactful player. I, we have evidence of this. They literally played head to head in a playoff series, and what, what we saw this year of Ben Simmons like being afraid to shoot that not even shoot, dunk the ball in a game seven mm-hmm. and having like, I don't know, five points a game. That was what was happening in the Sixers series like two years ago. Um, well, I guess three years ago now. So like, it's, you know, I'm just cool with that. I'm not doing that. I don't want to do Fred and a fourth four and, and four for Ben Simmons because um, I just, hey, I'd actually, I don't think Philly would do that from the perspective of. No like they would probably evolve a third team and maybe try to, I don't know, get another piece for that four, because I think they're trying to win now. Uh, but, you know, from our perspective, that's just way too much. Kyle in a signature for Ben Simmons, I would do. And it just yes, feels like you're, we're fleecing the Sixers. If <laughs> they wouldn't even give us Maxi and, and Danny green, God bless Danny green. He could have got his ring. He's got to wait again. Um, Mike Scott, which I actually wouldn't have minded just so that he wouldn't play on the Raptors anymore. I would, I want the Raptors to like cut Mike Scott out of the league. Uh, no, no offense to Mike Scott. He's just killed the Raptors so many times, but they wouldn't even do that for, for Kyle Lowry earlier. And they had a better chance. Yeah. You, know, you would, you would want Benjamin's and Kyle. So I doubt the Sixers do that. So, I mean, I just don't really see the realistic trade here. 
unless, as you mentioned, it is some sort of three-team deal. In which case, you know, if you can, if you're giving up Pascal in some sort of trade and you're getting back Ben Simmons, you would need to get back Ben Simmons plus something else because I wouldn't really do that heads up. So that plus would be coming from a third team, which I guess you know would be getting. I'm not totally sure what they'd be getting, quite honestly, in this three-team deal, but. Yeah. To be honest with you, it's just really difficult to, to when you're looking at any trade, and this is always what I, I try to do, you always have to look at both sides of the coin. And mm-hmm. it's just extremely difficult to try and thread the needle right now with what Masai is trying to do. Although we don't, do we really know what he's trying to do? Like, I don't even know what the he's rumors doing that right are coming at, I have, <laughs> where is he right now? <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. Where are those you jury watchers when you need them most? Um, but yeah, we, do, we it's just impossible to try and figure out what the intentions of of all sides are, except for Daryl Morey. We know that he's always trying to Daryl Morey versus Masai Ujiri. It's like this ultimate mm. warrior head to head, where they're they're both always trying to win the trade. And I think that's really where Daryl kind of tripped up at the end of last season. I, I just keep coming back to the fact that if if the Philly had Kyle Lowry's bird rights right now, it would, it would fix everything for them. Everything that was a problem for them would be fixed just by owning Kyle Lowry's bird rights. And now, unfortunately, they need to try and come up with some sort of complex, complex mechanism to either get their second star um, in Lillard or Beal or try and get, you know, a Kyle Lowry or a Mike Conley or, you know, another floor general on uh, the sign and trade market and it's just um i just don't see i don't see what they're i i don't know what they're gonna do i don't know what they're gonna do yeah sounds as though ben simmons has stopped taking their phone calls too that was yeah. another little report that came out this morning so i'm not surprised if there were more called yeah, me i'd hang up some, yeah, something's rotten in the state of denmark or yeah. philadelphia i mean look, i don't know I, man it's uh i don't blame ben simmons for not taking their calls but I also do uh, – I, I don't know. I am I am concerned that Ben Simmons has been the same player f- since he's come to the mm-hmm. NBA. This is not like a situation where you look at Ben Simmons, you're like, well, he's you know just 25. He just turned 25 last week. Happy birthday, Ben Simmons. Uh, but, you know, you know, like he just – he hasn't shown the, the ability to improve, I guess, in four years. So I'm not necessarily placing that. It's like I don't think he comes to Toronto, for example, and he is – his skill makes a jump. I think maybe in a different context where he's playing with different teammates. Cause obviously he's only played in Philly largely with MB plus, you know, the rotating cast there. Um, maybe with different teammates, his numbers look different, but I don't know if his skill set is going to change just cause he comes to Toronto. So and Simmons is like the ultimate enigma, you know, yeah, like of course. you're intoxicated by the idea of Ben Simmons. And I can really see, the Raptors looking at that unique skill set, that six foot nine, like switchable defense, ball handler, you know, 10 assists per game. And just saying, if we could put him. Mm-hmm. I could fix him. That's, that's how they say at the Twitter. four. Yeah. I can fix them, you know, falling in love, just kind of like, you know, just getting consumed with this idea that this can work. And I'm not saying, I'm not here to say that it can't work, but, like you said, all available evidence just shows that, you know, right now for the last four years, we know who he's been. Now, with that being said, well, you know, 
you kind of think about the career Kyle Lowry had, and we can see that people change as they get older, as they mature, as they get into different situations where people believe in them. Um, you know, and, and that's the part of me that still is like, Oh, I don't really want to give up on this guy who's got so much talent that he hasn't even had to try for the last four years and still made, you know, number two in DPOY and, and, uh, is an all-star, you know, almost every year and, um, has been on all defense team almost every year since he's been in this league. You know, there's something about that, that you just don't want to give up the idea of Ben Simmons, because you've seen someone like Kyle Lowry, who did not have those gifts, who came into this league, who, you know, was shuttled around from place to place and landed with the Raptors. And, you know, what he really needed was a swift kick in the pants. He needed to mature a little bit. He needed, you know, a GM that was there that was going to say, you know what, we want you to be a cornerstone of this, but you have to show us. And so that's the part of me that's just like, well, Mm. if we got, if we got Ben Simmons for Kyle Lowry, I'd be pretty okay with that, I guess. We'll take the flyer on them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I see that perspective. And I'm sure the the Raptors showing interest would suggest that they at least have some belief in that as well in the front office. Absolutely, yeah. I interrupt this podcast to bring you breaking news from Woj. <gasps> Memphis is trading JV, Jonas Valanciunas, number 17, and the 51st pick to New Orleans for Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe. And the 10 and 40th pick, plus they protect the 2022 first round pick from the Lakers. Um, so, wow, yeah, this, that opens up a ton of cap space. Yeah, I was going to say, this yeah, no, definitely brings up that some op- cap space. Yep. Okay, so JV 1751 for Bledsoe, uh, Adams, Adams, and what and are the picks that the 10 and what? 10 and 40. So they're paying. Okay, so they basically open up with that move. They open up $19 million with the cap space. Yeah. Interesting. They can sign Kyle Lowry now to $30 million contract without a problem. Well, as long as they, yeah, if they, they can, if they, they'll have to, they'll have to relinquish their rights on both of their free agents, but they can. Yeah. Oh, that changes things. That changes things, which brings us to the topic of Kyle Lowry once again. So um, reports are, well, this is not reports in terms of, not all reports are equal. This is not like a Woj Shams, you know, kind of report. Reports are from random people on the internet, I guess. Kyle's going to make 25 to 30 million, which not really a report so much as it's obvious. He's mm-hmm. probably the best guard on the market. I, I'm, I'm a, I guess yeah, Chris Paul. I mean... I Chris guess, Paul. I guess Chris Paul, the the ringless fraud, I guess is technically going to be more valuable <laughs> just because he's the head of the NBA Presidents Association, so he's just going to change yeah. the rules to make himself high paid regardless all time. But also, being high paid means he's never going to have enough teammates to uh, win a ring. So good for you, Chris. Um, anyway, Kyle Lowry, the actual champion, um, is obviously at least the top three guard on the market right now. He's going to make twenty five to no- thirty mil. He's number two. Like, would you put Conley ahead of him? I wouldn't. No, I also don't really consider Conley like a fridge and like that. Like, I feel like he's just going to resign in, in, in Utah. Okay, like so like here, that down, here's the list of available point guards on the market. You've got Lauer, you've got CP3, Conley. Mm-hmm. Then you got, then all of a sudden you got Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, okay. Um, right. Enough. Lonzo Ball, Derek Rose, Goran Dragic, Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson, and TJ McConnell. Like, are, are we getting playoff list, Reggie Jackson? Because that... Yeah. <laughs> That was that was quite the experience. I was pleasantly surprised every game. Yeah, that was um, 
I don't know if that's one of those flash in the pan things never to be re- repeated. Let's, let's, let's see, let's put a pin in, in, in Reggie Jackson. But um, I, I would say of that group, Kyle Lowry's the second best point guard by far, if not the best point guard, you know how I've, I've been saying Lowry and, and CP3 are much closer than they are right now in their careers than, than maybe they were in the past. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I feel like this trade, signifies that New Orleans is very serious about yeah, bringing in a big Throwing the bag at him. And listen, if New Orleans wants Kyle, it's going to cost them $30 million, I would probably say three years, so $90 million. Which 100%. If, if that is the case, and Kyle gets a guaranteed $90 million, his career earnings are going to be at $240 million for his career, which Beautiful. is wild. Um, to put that into perspective, obviously different deals, whatever, different certain contexts and stuff like that, but Steve Nash, like 150 in his career. So that's another guy who broke onto his career late um, the way Kyle did. So, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, New Orleans is, I guess, going to get Kyle Lowry. This is going to be weird. So Kyle and JV reunited. That's that's not terrible. JV, wow. I like. I keep going back to this. I can't believe this. This is crazy. What, yeah. if, JV get, what if JV gets sent to us? Oh, no, we can't do that. That doesn't work. I mean, sorry, I've got this three team trade that I that I'm going to propose a little bit later on. Okay, this whole thing that this this has gotten a little bit now I'm going to have to sort of rework things a little bit, but I think it's still there. I don't know. Lowry has said, you know, he said in that in that post, he said in that in the post deadline press conference after we all cried for him and thought he was leaving. um, I I was the last person to ask him a question. At least I was the last person to wrap his PR to ask the question. And I literally just thanked the guy. I was like, thank you for everything. Was, we all thanked you for that it's because very it was yeah <laughs> i felt I, emotional I, just on a zoom call <laughs> i never thought i would get emotional over players like this but like that this court something happened to me in quarantine i just became um a shell of myself and yeah, yeah definitely shed some tears for lowry that last day and then you know four days later when norm powell wrote his love letter to oh. Toronto. It was, it was a sobbing mess, but you know, he said in that post post uh, deadline press conference that money talks and years talk, you know, and mm. we know this is what we know of Kyle Lowry over the, over the, of having him on our team for the last eight years. It's no question in my mind that if the difference is, if you're asking, you know, if Philly is saying, well, we can only afford 22, 23 million, and we're going to give you a partial guarantee on your third year. And meanwhile, New Orleans is willing to throw the bag at him. I know where he's going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good for Kyle, honestly. I, I think it'll, you know what? If he can bring that team to the playoffs, he will get so much credit. And, I, you know, I think we're past the point where Kyle doesn't get credit anymore. Like, I think people know this now because mm-hmm. I think Raptor fans, especially since the championship, have just been like uh, spamming people's replies with Kyle Harry championship courageous but <laughs> it's my favorite gift my most most <laughs> my most often used it is pretty good especially when engaging with bucks fans um they can reply with their parade just but uh it's like just a bus <laughs> driving at like 80 miles per hour driving really fast <laughs> Listen, <laughs> that that... <laughs> man had somewhere to go he had somewhere to be that, that the place was driver... the airport they were driving they were going to the airport <laughs> Giannis was like slipping him like a, an extra 50 just to get him to drive faster <laughs> That bus driver was like, he was like the guy on the TTC route who barely slowed us down at the TTC stop because mm. he's like five minutes behind oh, on his route. And he's like, nah, like, 
please, <laughs> please. Look, you, you, I know you see me running for the bus. So I know you don't drive <laughs> away and look at me in the rear view. That's who they had driving their bus, just a disgruntled TTC worker. Yeah, so um, what were we saying? What were we talking about specifically? Oh, oh Kyle. we were yeah. just talking about Kyle yeah. and the parade gif. Yeah, so, I mean, look, Kyle and Neurons will be not bad, honestly. I think especially if they keep JV. I don't I think hate it. Offensively, if you're telling me that it's going to be Kyle, whoever they're putting at two guard, I'm, I don't even care. Right? Let's say, say Nikhil for now. You know, I don't think he's starting caliber just yet. But if it's Kyle, Ingram, Zion, and JV, that's a lot of offense. Um, how do they play defense? I don't know, because Kyle's going to have to be the rim protector, <laughs> taking uh, 18 charges per game. But... Uh, yeah, that would be damn. That's that's not that's not terrible. They could they could make the playoffs. Some form of a sign and trade would be would be helpful. I don't know. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to run the numbers to see what they've done here. I think that there's still. It depends on what they're doing with um, you know, if they're just willing to let uh, Lonto Ball walk, or if they're going to work out some sort of sign and trade. Like th- there's details there that sort of need to be worked out to see if they really can just sort of sign Lowry into cap space because the issue with dealing with cap space, especially for a team like New Orleans is once you're dealing with cap space, it really limits your flexibility in terms of, you know, some of the uh, exceptions that you're able to offer to sign, mm-hmm. um, to sign players. So like hard it's cap. still, well, you operating as a cap team while being a hard capped is still going to give you more flexibility than operating as a cap team. Yeah, so yeah. You know, you're still not paying the tax in those cases, but you're just you just got more to play with. So, I'm just gonna have to take a look at it. I'm still gonna be surprised if a team that really legitimately wants to contend and wants to sort of put put something together, I'm gonna be surprised if a team like that is going to be operating as a cap cap room team. It's generally not a good idea. Um, so, if we got you know, if Masai could somehow still wrestle something out of uh, New Orleans, I wouldn't be too upset. Give me to kill Alexander Walker. That's all I ask for. Yeah, I, look, I, I know I just said Nikhil's not starting caliber, but uh, welcome, welcome to welcome home, Nikhil. <laughs> Come home to the north. Listen, we this would is give you a hero's welcome. Starting caliber. No, I'm kidding. Like, just get the Wiggins, get the Wiggins rumors out of uh, my face, and let's start to talk about some Canadians that actually want on the team. Yeah, there's a Nik- whole list of them. You know. Yeah, listen, Nikhil, Shay. You know, let's just start. Jamal. There. Jamal, yeah. You know, Jamal's locked down. That's, that's real. Denver's not giving up Jamal for a while. But uh, huh. you never know, man. So is you, she, like, I mean, so is Shay, like, realistically. Mm. But, well, mm. I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, if Sam Presti sees two more, you know, draft picks, you might just, uh, you might just. I've been it. joking about it. And people are saying that it's crazy that a 23-year-old wouldn't be on the right timeline. But I can see them you know yeah. sam presky just getting wemby eyes you know for 2023 he's like i must have this unicorn from france who's seven feet tall and shoots like he's katie uh at the age of 17 yeah look this there's a there's a preschooler um in <laughs> vaughn that um that sam presty has has reserved a draft pick for already they don't even know it yet but they've already been drafted to the oklahoma city thunder <laughs> 
They'll be playing for the OKC Blue or whatever their G League affiliate is. <laughs> uh, oh my God, Sam Presti yeah. has a problem, man. He's really got a. He's got a hor- he, he should be on Hoarders Buried Alive. Absolutely, yeah. Like this should be like a Storage Wars episode where you like just open up their cap sheet and you're like, oh my God, what's this doing here? You got a Memphis 20 to 30 second round pick, top 55 protected. <laughs> yeah. Like what is no, that? No, the protections. <laughs> the protections and the swaps. Like sort of explanation is like two pages long. You need like a five. Yeah. <clears throat> five five page dissertation on exactly how and when this this pick can be used and it's like the second round draft pick mm. in 2030 like they've just got so there it's just so complicated what they're doing with everything like at some point sam Presti's gonna be out of there and some guy's gonna come in and he's like how do i what do i do with all this like yeah. i don't what do we have like what what do we actually have i don't know i can't tell yeah, Sam Presti is like a really great ad for, you know, those clear glasses that make you just look smarter, no matter like if you're smart or not, if you're wearing like clear, like thick rim glasses, it just makes you look smarter. Yeah. And Sam Presti is a good ad for that. Not saying that he's not smart. It's just that yeah. he's definitely not a genius level operator like some people make him out to be. Uh, Jared Allen. Um, okay, so mm. there's a report that the Raptors are interested in Jared Allen's scrum shams. Um, yeah. Apparently the Raptors have tried to trade for him in the past. He's restricted free agent with Cleveland. Do you buy this as genuine interest in terms of the Raptors have this money and they plan to offer this to Jarrett? Or do you feel like this is some sort of um, play, I guess, because Cleveland is in the third pick right above Toronto and maybe they have plans for Jarrett Allen and maybe they choose to use their draft pick in accordance to whether Jarrett's there or not, uh, let's say with Warrior yeah. Suggs? Uh, I... I struggle with this one. Well, I, I don't really see it, to be honest with you. Like I did a yesterday, um, sort of like this was a topic on the timeline. You know, would you pr- rather Holmes? Would you rather Allen? I've never really been totally sold on either of them. I think if we were yeah. to go for one of them, I would prefer Allen. And it's just the age is like the only factor that makes me go that direction. You know, Jared Allen is young. Way better of a defender. He's 23. Yeah, he's a better defender. Um, you know, they have... Rashawn Holmes and Jared Allen have very similar profiles um, in terms of just being kind of an, a more old school center at can't really shoot the three, you know, and then, and then I started today doing an even deeper dive in, into Jared Allen. And just, you know, after you sent me over the, the outline, I just wanted to take a quick look at it. And I don't know, I, I don't really see, I don't know. Here's what it came down to Jared Allen and his, age 23 season, which is this 2021, 2020, 2021 season, mm-hmm. his stats are bang on JV's 2015, 2016 season. Okay. So they're about right. a year apart. They both, it's crazy. They both played uh, 60 game, 60 games started, you know, uh, Jarrett started 45, JV started 59. Um, they both scored 12.8 points, bang on. Um. Jarrett's a bit better with the assists. He's got two assists to JV's one. Uh, steals and blocks are the same, about half a steal a game, 1.5 blocks. Um, Jarrett's a little bit better there. And then both are equally horrible with the three. You know, JV yeah. shot zero threes. Jarrett shot, you know, eight, eight, eight threes. Well, he made eight threes. He shot 36. Uh, he shoots about half three per game. And, you know, they're rebounds are the same at about 10 so like there 
if you just look at the, like the high level stats, they're extremely similar to one another. If you remember that year, we gave JV four for 64, 16 million a year. Mm-hmm. If you look at what Jared Allen is projected at this year, somewhere between, you know, some people I've seen some projections as low as 16 million. I've seen some as high as, you know, 20 million. Um, I think, you know, if you take the midpoint there, you're looking at four years, you know, 77 million, but $17 million a year, like, you know, do I want to use $17 million on JV when, you know, we saw that JV couldn't really get over the hump. I'm not great at projecting the future of these guys. I'll be honest with you. Will. Um, I like Jared Allen. If we were to go that direction, I don't think it's a bad use of the asset mm-hmm. uh, of the space, but I do think that there are some people that I think I would rather target instead. Is it like, okay, who would you rather target instead? Miles Turner. Okay. Why? He's, he's just got, he's like, he's just got that defense and that rim protection dialed up an extra level. Um, and he can shoot the three. Yeah. No, I, no, I, no I, I'm just wondering if he'd be more switchable. I mean, feel I don't free think, to, he, I don't to think either no. player is like super switchable. No, I, I think honestly, between the two players, it depends on the contract. Um, uh, but I, I think I would prefer Jared Allen mostly because I have my concerns with um, with Miles Turner and his rebounding. I understand that his rebounding mm-hmm. numbers could be low because he's playing with Sabonis, which obviously Sabonis is a very good rebounder. But I also just don't. I don't know. I'm concerned with the rebounding portion of it. I think Miles Turner, his projection is like if you wanted a Brook Lopez type, mm-hmm. which is fine. I think you could definitely win with the Brooke Lopez type. Um, obviously, the Bucks literally just won with Brooke Lopez doing what he's doing. Um, it's just what I enjoy watching Brooke Lopez on a nightly basis. <laughs> Clanking Which, threes, okay, not so, being very aggressive offensively. Like he's, he's. So it sounds like you're on the Jared Allen side of things. So give me the pitch on Jared Allen. Jared Allen does things that I feel like are more bankable for me. Like I think rebounding is an issue with the Raptors. Huge. Um, so I think that is addresses a bigger weakness. They're both pretty good rim protectors. I don't really know if there's that big of a difference. Um, I, I know that, for example, like we saw Jared Allen pretty close when we saw that Raptors Nets series, and whatever yeah. Raptors were way better than the Nets. We, like obviously the Raptors destroyed the Nets because um, they were playing Chris Jones or whatever. But like you know, Jared Allen was a pretty effective defender. He did a pretty good job guarding Pascal, for example. And mm-hmm. of course, Bubble mm-hmm. Pascal is a whole different topic, but still did a pretty decent job. He's a decent defender. Um, mostly he's going to roll to the rim. And I think really the question comes down to, do you value pressure on the rim versus uh, more space in the perimeter? And I, th- I actually do think the Raptors, especially in this current like group, uh, assuming Gary's going to be re-signed at shooting guard, Kyle's going to be gone in New Orleans randomly, eating beignets. Um, that I think I would value more rim pressure than three-point pressure because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think there's just not that much of an ability right now to run uh, pick and roll and create downhill pressure. Like, for example, with Fred, Fred would probably work a lot better with a guy who can really attack the basket, a threat to, you know, lob finish, rather than another guy who can pick and pop. Because if you're going to pick and pop, maybe there's a switch, maybe Fred's going to attack ISO. That doesn't even that's not going to create a lot of great scoring. But if you can get someone who's actually a threat to go to the basket and pull one or two defenders to the rim, then I just think that that's a little bit more valuable for this group than more spacing from the five position. 
The challenges that I have with sort of any center, traditional center, even a pick and pop guy is, you know, we've, we've seen what a Kyle Lowry can do for a guy like that. And if I knew we were having Kyle Lowry back, any of these options is a no brainer. Sure. Yeah. My question is just, you know, can we get Fred to get his game to a point where he's that guy that he's able to run those sort of, you know, kind of two man games uh, with a center. And I don't know Mm. if, uh, if that's Fred's forte. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's going to have to be. Yeah, listen, Fred catches a lot of heat on the timeline. Why am I seeing Fred slander every single day? No, I love Fred. Like, don't get me wrong. Not like, from that's you. Not, not from you. But that's not people. a. That's not a. Yeah, that's not a. That's not a dig against Fred. Like Fred's great at what Fred's great at. I just haven't seen him. You know, kind of. It's not the pick and roll master that we're used to. Yeah, with well, Kyle Lowry. Yeah. No, who who is like? It's just it's an impossible game of comparison. Yeah, um, I was I was writing that story about I was I don't know I got bored of draft stuff so I started writing about Malachi and just like reviewing his season and I was like you mm-hmm. know one of the things Malachi can improve on is finishing at the rim you know he's a small guard so I had to look up the numbers I was like okay yeah fifty one percent I was like that's not good but it's not terrible and I was like let me compare it to the other guards and I was like I looked up Kyle and he was like fifty six percent and I looked up Fred it was literally like thirty nine percent and I was like okay the rim has a backboard you're shooting from like a foot away I understand you're short. Mm-hmm. That's that's tough. That's really really low. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But uh, he does other things really well. I also think that the fit for a guy who can pressure the rim um, really does help for Pascal as well. Because I think a lot yeah. of the times he's getting doubled by another big, and the kick out for threes and stuff like that is fine. But I do feel like Pascal has a really good interior passing game that we haven't seen that much since him and Jakob Pertl kind of played together. And Jared, Jared Allen will kind of be like a really good Jakobo. I was excited, like you know, before all this went down, and you know, one of my one of my trades, you know, one of my possibilities um, was sending back Stephen Adams. I mean, that was yeah. If if there was a, and I was interested to know kind of what that fit would look like. I'm not huge on Stephen Adams by any stretch of the imagination, but I mean, Jared Allen's like a younger, more spry spring chicken Stephen mm. Adams so I don't know I, I, I'm not opposed to it I'm not opposed to it well I um I don't know if if there's any center that's available on the market that's really going to be a game changer for us yeah. at this point well I mean, the thing is like you could go for a cheaper short-term alternative like Kelly Olnick probably won't cost you as much Ken Birch for example won't cost you as much the thing is you're gonna have mm-hmm. to do that like every year you're going to have like every single yeah. year, you're going to have to like find some patchwork guy come in. And if it doesn't work out, you're just kind of having a repeat of the Tampa season in terms of their weaknesses at yeah. center. So there is some value in the long-term thing. It's just the tricky thing with restricted free agents is always, if you really, really want them, you're going to have to pay a big premium to get them because if you're just paying what, I guess something that's more uh, like market value for that skill set, the team is most likely just going to match. Right. And that's right. I mean, asking. like, so, Cleveland can't really afford much beyond unless they move Kevin Love. Like they can't really afford much beyond 18 million at mm-hmm. this point. So, you know, what's Toronto have to increase that by to get it done, like 22 million for Jared Allen. 
Yeah, I mean, I would go, I, if they paid twenty two, I would be mm, kind of okay with it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's not that sexy. I, I I do agree in that in that front. But I mean, he would solve a lot of things for the team. I think he brings a skill set that is valuable, and um, you know, you you might not necessarily have to give up an asset the way you would if you had to trade for Miles Turner, for example. Which I would be okay with Miles Turner too. I just think that I prefer the different style that Allen brings, but. Um, He's, he's, I remain he's skeptical, fun. but I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to I'm willing to go with it. If you know Masai and Bobby choose that that's the direction of going, you know I'll give them I'll give it an option. I'll give it I'll give it some time. Yeah. See, this is the thing. About- I think I do think I do think he's got potential too. Like he's only 23. He's exactly. 23, and, and if Ben Simmons is only 25, like, Jared Allen is yeah. only 23, and Jared Allen that's shoots, exactly- shoots well, better that's than what- Ben Simmons. <laughs> That's what. That's why I sold myself on it over Rashawn Holmes. Like Rashawn Holmes is twenty eight this year, you know. That's a five year gap between them, and they're doing about the same thing yeah. this year in terms of output. So you know, for for Jared Allen to take a risk on him at twenty three, you know, I just think that there's a lot that we can do with a guy like that at twenty three. So mm-hmm. I, I I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, there you go. Um that's pretty much it for in terms of free agents and things like that, or trade assets. I think really the focus is still on the draft and there's been quite mm-hmm. a lot of noise around the draft. So um, well, before we get to the draft, okay. kind of the one thing that I was thinking that might work as a three team, and I don't know if this really does work, but you've heard, you've heard the noise about Cleveland being interested in Ben Simmons. And also that um, the Pacers have been interested in Ben Simmons. So and this would work in either direction. So, you know, some sort of three team scenario where Kyle goes to uh, Philly, we get either Jared Allen or Miles Turner, and then Simmons goes to the team, you know, kind of the team intermediary. And there probably would need to be some extra pieces maybe flowing one way or another. I'm not sure. I haven't really worked out all the details, but it's, it's bizarre to see, you know, kind of a three team trade in basically a division. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, I think it's unlikely. Um, but I think that there is some interesting fits there in the three kind of in either of those directions. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind that really. I mean, so. really it's, it's, it's on Kyle right now. Like if he wants to go wherever, like he, it's still really the ball's in his court. Like if he wants to go to new Orleans, the Raptors not getting anything from, from new Orleans probably. Like most likely, or nothing really substantive. But if he wants to go to other places, sign and trade's more on the table. So, yeah, I think there's some places that seem more unlikely, especially at the thirty million dollar mark. Like I'm not sure how Miami yeah. really makes that work. To be honest with you, no, they're not. They're... And it's very difficult. It's just I don't know. It just becomes the higher the the asking price, the more difficult it's going to be for Philly and for Miami to get involved. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway good, good well listen i mean new orleans doesn't really pose a threat to toronto so i actually kind of don't hate that <laughs> well so, you know today uh, today and i would i i mean if he's got to go somewhere i would love to see him with zion like unlocking zion i just right. think that'd be so fun and zion that's a, like that's it's a just beefy a team outside of oh, brandon ingram who's like man uh, thicker than a Evan snicker Mobley like size. it's just that's that that's gonna be like a, a team with some some size. <laughs> you're not gonna want to go up against those guys. Yeah. No, and true. Kyle really brings like that defensive 
minded at uh, sense as well that they've, I think, been missing that real floor general or leader. Yeah, for sure. That's not Lonzo, man. Like, it no, just isn't. Not. Lonzo just wants, like, Lonzo has some really good strengths in terms of open court play, pretty good passer. But mm-hmm. outside of, like, really establishing a quick pace, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Kyle brings a lot. Well, more Kyle, but we've seen how so. Kyle, Kyle can push the floor. Kyle can push the floor like that too, and yeah. he does. Yeah, exactly. And then he also can throw, you know, do a pull up three in your eyeball. Yeah. In the middle of the fourth quarter, when you really need the tides to change, so I just think that that would be a, 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 a kind of an inspired choice for for the Pelicans. But we'll see if he wants to go there, man. Yeah. But New Orleans is a great city. Like it's a great place to spend a year or two. Do they have golf? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a golfer. Yeah. Do it real quick. Uh, Yeah. This is what people come to the podcast for new Orleans golf. There seems to be a bunch of golf courses by the water. There you go. Yeah. I'm I'm sure Kyle will be fine. Honestly, this is probably what Kyle Lowry is doing right now. Me and Kyle are the only two people searching new Orleans golf at the (laughs) moment. Um, Yeah. So in terms of the draft, so um, well, first off, actually I'll start with this because I've seen you jump from player to player and make yeah. official mm-hmm. announcements as to who you want for the Raptors at four. Where are you officially right now? Uh, Monday, July 26th at 4 56 PM for. Well, Kate well, I'm really trying to, I've been trying to really, you know, spread my, my love around to all the draft picks. I love them all equally. Uh, but currently as it stands today, this is a controversial choice. I get lit up on the timeline for it every day as it stands at 4 56 PM on July 26, 2001, I am on firmly on board the Scotty Barnes bandwagon. Again, a controversial choice. Mm. Um, but in sort of looking at Scotty Barnes, at what he might bring to a team, I see the, I see some potential there. And I, if, if, if Kyle, or sorry, if, if, um, if Masai's really been sold on, on this guy's uh, ability to, to develop a shot. He's basically a, you know, he's a six foot nine, 220 pound forward with great ball handling, court vision, passing, um, seven foot three inch wingspan. And, you know, 10, he's got Kawhi Leonard hands, so like 10 inch hands, like 10, 11 inch hands, like the size of Kawhi Leonard. This guy is just sort of like, the size, the long, the length that we know that Masai just loves to draft, draft with, with more refined ball handling skills. Now the offense isn't there. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that freely, but if the, if Masai and, and Bobby think that that can come and by all accounts, he's just been crushing his workouts. He crushed, you know, the combine. Um, if he can, if, if they feel like the, that it can get there, I don't see that being a surprise picket for, for us. Or even moving back, you know, to five and uh, maybe getting a future first. Um, That's where I stand today. Okay. That's Subject fair. to change. Subject to change, <laughs> which it has changed. Um, uh, daily, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I Honestly, I, I hear you with the Barnes thing. I think I, it makes a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of, especially if you're looking at, um, potential down the line it's, it's always yeah. easier to imagine guys who are bigger to have more potential and i think his skill set is pretty unique um to be able to handle the ball at that size which is uh which is good which although i do have an issue with when people are trying to sell i'm not saying you um 
but like when people, mm-hmm. especially the draft experts go on and try to sell specific players uh, as, yep. you know, great players or whatever, when they start describing the player, like a, a realtor will be describing a house. Correct. I know. I know what you're saying. No, it's I like, really oh, did get deeply you know, into into the combine measurements. And that's not really the best way to evaluate a talent for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I think where I kept coming back to too is, is I know Masai is always looking for that number one. Like he's looking for the number one mm, Yeah. who can be the, basically your number one of your future. Yeah, yeah. He really is looking for that number one. And I just, I just like, I saw a post on, I don't know, Twitter or somewhere. It just basically showed the last four finals MVPs. And if you look at who those people are, it's extremely difficult to have a point guard really truly be your number one guy. Um, and it might, maybe it's not possible to get a number one guy at four in this year's draft. And maybe mm. Jalen Suggs, therefore, is the best of the options. But if there's a guy that looks like he might have the potential to be a number one guy of the future, I think it's a guy that's more skewed towards the Scotty Barneses or the, maybe the Jonathan Kamingos, although I don't quite see it there for him. Um, maybe definitely towards the Evan Mobley's in that range, that's probably going to be more likely to be your number one option. If history just shows us who t- tends to be the number one option on championship teams, mm-hmm. than a six foot, six foot three, six foot four point guard point guard. That's fair. That's fair. And yeah. I, I think that's true. Um, how, however, I, I think, so this is the thing. I, I, the Raptors drafting a guy for is the biggest question you got to ask yourself is how good is this player going to be and how is he going to, mm-hmm. you know, be in our program? That's obviously going to be asked of all the players. I think the other thing you do have to keep in the back of your mind is like, how much could we potentially flip this guy for in the future? Um, yeah. And that's not something you would say immediately for someone who's a fourth pick. But let's be real. Fourth mm-hmm. picks get moved. You know, you look at the last few fourth picks. Dragon Bender was there. Uh you know, Josh uh, Josh Jackson was there, which, by the way, back to back fourth overall picks for Phoenix in 2016 and 2017, being those two guys, is very tough. And tough. It's that's tough. Very tough. I don't know how they got that's to the tough. finals doing that, but um, you know, so I'm not saying that those are the common fourth picks, but like there, there's a range of possibilities that's within that range. So you have to do have to think about sort of which guys can retain their value, and I do think that like Suggs has a much better chance of just like in a year from now, can you get the equivalent of a fourth pick for Jalen Suggs? I feel like that's more likely to me than Scotty Barnes being, do, being able to do that because Scotty either starts to shoot really well or at least catch and shoot threes in addition to the fact that his handle plays, uh, but is basically goes from a zero on offense to like at least a one on offense mm-hmm. in terms of three, three level scores. What's this on the scale? Oh, okay. On a scale of one to three. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, you know how people talk about the three level score or whatever. Yeah basically Kawhi, um, if he can get to one, if he can score a one level, then I think his, his value can stay around four. But mm-hmm. if he doesn't shoot right away, then all of a sudden you're just looking at another one of these big wings that um, has great size, but uh, doesn't necessarily have the scoring skill set. And I don't think at that point you can get a lot for for, for a player like that. I mean, I, I don't know. Big wings who shall not be named, a.k.a. Stanley Johnson. Um. <laughs> We gotta get Stanley's measurements. We gotta we gotta ask the realtor for for Stanley's measurements. He's about six six seven six eight. I don't know about the wingspan and all the rest of it. Look, I I I don't disagree with you, mm-hmm. and and I really like Suggs too. In fact, you know, I was I was firmly on board the Suggs bandwagon for as longer than I've been on any pick bandwagon because right. you know I was really just trying to throw my 
throw my support behind the likely candidate for <laughs> number four pick. Um, but the more I just sort of sort of started looking at this and looking at the trends of of Masai in the draft. Now he is a he's a best pick pick available guy. Mm-hmm. But we heard in that war room from I, what was it? What was the Gian- Giannis draft? Twenty eleven. I think twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. We heard in the war room the way that they talk about it. It's mm-hmm. will this guy be better in two years than you know this other guy what we might give up for him i think in that specific instance it was you know our our, the pick that we're giving up in two years is not going to be the guys that we'd be able to draft in two years it's worth giving up that guy for where this other guy is going to be in two years that guy was Giannis, and you know so um i if someone's going to take you know the the opinion of his scouts and 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 the the development curve of where they think what some of these guys might be. It's going to be Masai. So I I don't disagree with you. I think Suggs is definitely the sure thing. Um, yeah. So you know if we took him, I'd be perfectly happy with that and and uh, you know put my full full support behind Jalen Suggs to Toronto and be on this on board the Suggs bandwagon. But at the same time, I just simply would not be surprised if we go in a different direction yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised either um I mean I think one thing that does help is one of the commonalities that the Raptors have had in the draft is that I, I mean yes they do value guys who are longer and athletic and guards multiple positions I think generally speaking this is probably all teams in the NBA have similar preferences I think mm-hmm. in terms of what the Raptors have shown um is also that they really value players that have put up good numbers in college and not necessarily like good numbers, like box score numbers. Like we're not talking about like, I don't, I don't know, man, I, I guess I don't really watch college like that, but, um, but we're mostly like the advanced numbers and what they suggest. Like for example, Malachi Flynn at 29 was very much the advanced statistics pick for last year's draft. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, when you're picking later in the draft, probably some of these things are, there are advantages to be gleaned because people take more swings earlier in the draft especially in that like 6 to 14 range people would just take random swings um on guys on upside and hope they 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 fall but there there is probably more value to be had in taking a high stats guy um i guess like later in the draft especially in the first round which is where the raptors mm-hmm. been picking but i do think that like if you look at it statistically i think like sugs is is would be in terms of advanced stats a more well-rated prospect that's probably not yeah. the same approach they'll take to the fourth pick but I think it'll be at least one of the factors. We'll be looking at that uh, IBM Watson machine and stuff, which is uh, yeah. real freaky, man. How much do they look at that? Did they bring that to Tampa? Like, that's, that's... I mean, I don't really know if they what the server farm looks like. That's that's backing up our our analytics database for mm. shooting and all the rest of it. Um, hey, by the way, speaking of like you know, kind of freaky IBM Watson, did you see in in uh, at the Tokyo Olympics they've got a seven foot automaton robot that can fit shoot a three-pointer from sort of anywhere on the court i saw that that was uh was something to watch honestly i think yeah i, I don't i don't like that that makes you uncomfortable you, you know like i am sensitive to asian stereotyping but like this feels like somehow prototypically japanese you think so i mean i there's robots are just all the rage now that dog that's robot true. that's all that dog robot that's like that new police dog robot that you that see all over horrible. the place like I, it's awful that's and awful. I just yeah. think that this is just the next, just the next, uh, the next phase. Anyway, mm. 
anything else? Any other draft rumor? Like, have, do you have any thoughts about our second round picks? What are we going to be doing with those? You know, who who has thoughts on the second round picks? I mean, I'm not me. Yeah, I'm just gonna when they take those picks, I'm just gonna say that was brilliant. Quite honestly, the fact that what, what was brilliant was the Raptors got those from Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis, who yes, was you know not someone that the Raptors should have had in the organization anyway, especially after the allegations came out, but a guy who had no future in Toronto, apparently he's asking for $9 million a year, you know, okay. Uh, and then <laughs> Matt Thomas, who like, is he even going to be in the NBA next year? I don't know why Utah just gave up. A, like, it's not horrible. It's not like a 55 pick or something like that. Like, you know, mid forties, you can get something like Norm was a mid forties guy, like whatever. So that was the brilliant part, whatever else they do with that pick. I don't even know. Cause the thing is the washout rate for, for second round picks is just so high. Like, it's just like, like, look at the last two the Raptors had. Jalen Harris was a unique situation, um, but he's not going to be with the team. Um, a year before that, DeJuan Hernandez, right? So, like, if you look at the history of the Raptors' second-round picks, like, the two that have hit the biggest are P.J. Tucker, who realistically hit way, way, way after mm-hmm. he was drafted because he only played, like, 30 games and then went to the G League and then went to Europe for a few yeah. years. And um, Norman. Norm. And then, honestly, after that, it's, like, I Casey mean- Acey. So well, like if we can if we can trade up, like if we could somehow get up into the late first, I, I just I'm having a hard time seeing the Raptors picking three rookies. Like when yeah. was the last time we had three rookies? Uh, it was the pa- it was for Pascal um uh, Pirtle and uh, okay. No, I guess was Pirtle a rookie at the same time? And, yes, um, it was pick nine, pick twenty seven. Great, great. I mean right. that was a and one was undrafted. Right and yeah. that was yeah, generational draft. Seriously. Movement by by Masai there is incredible, um, but uh, yeah, three contributors to the championship team in one way or the other. Mm. But um, yeah, it just it's it's not really a, a Masai move, is it? To take to take two second rounder, like what are we yeah. going to do with them? I don't. I would just wouldn't be surprised if we try and package them up, move them to to uh, you know a, a team. That's a, a contender that's kind of capped out and can't afford their first round pick. There's a couple of those, you know, like the Utah, sure. Brooklyn, they need to make cap space. Maybe we'll stash. So. Maybe we only take one of them and then we stash, stash one? like a draft and stash guy. It's been a while since the Raptors had a draft and stash guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah. You're right, though. Who cares for the second? Bruno was a draft and stash guy. He was just uh, a first round stashed on was, our team. <laughs> he was stashed in Toronto. <laughs> there's and a other, really interesting thread. I don't know. Locations. There's a really interesting thread that I saw on Twitter the other day um, of one of Bruno Caboclo's teammates at the time in uh-huh. in Brazil. Did you see this thread? No. You should read it. I tweeted it out. It's basically it basically kind of said uh, that. Masai Ujiri had gone down to meet with Bruno Caboclo like early in the year, early, early in the year. Okay. And maybe there was some little under the table agreement that Bruno would stop actually playing for his club. So nobody else could scout him (laughs) because uh, Masai was on a, Masai was on a bit of a heater coming off of, uh, coming off of missing Giannis. So that's, yeah. Well, a, a amazing move by Masai. I think that that, yeah. that is just legendary. Like legendary stuff right there. But um, also, maybe he should have just seen him play more, a little bit more. That's, what I was gonna, that's actually what I was going to say. It ended up back, 
backtracking on him because, uh, you know, he couldn't really see what the guy was after all. You know, maybe he had a great game when he uh, went down there to, to watch him. But uh, mm. it would have been helpful to have more more data points. I was going to say, how did Masai even know about, about Bruno? This guy was averaging five points. I'm telling you. In South Carolina. So. Well, Blake Murphy knew about Bruno, so. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, legends, legends, uh, legends never die. <laughs> I was gonna say, Blake they never and, rest. Blake and Masai somehow winners of the Bruno draft, even though nobody was a winner of the Bruno <laughs> draft. Um, although, to be honest, though, Bruno gave us some really Bruno, good moments. Bruno was a winner of the Bruno draft. Let's be honest. Bruno was, was a nice man. He is a nice and guy. And he made he some money for himself. I was gonna say, like you know, I you know, ran into Bruno. I think once, never. I didn't talk to him, but like I ran into Bruno. I think on Queen Street, and he was there, like with his uh, his girlfriend and their kid and stuff. So. Yeah, I never up, gave right? up on Bruno. It just feels like he didn't have the drive. You know, it it just sometimes it's that way. Yeah. You know, you've got all the skills in the world, and um, you know, he is maybe Ben Simmons in that way. He got to the league, and and that was that. That was good for him. What are the chances Scotty Barnes is Bruno? Well, is there like a five percent chance? Like, I feel like okay. I mean, by all by all accounts, Scotty Barnes is like a. I mean, all these guys are gym rats, though. Now, like, they just all they grew up in this culture where they're yeah, just constantly. They, they, they grew up as Americans. You know, the grind. I mean, it's the grind culture. Yeah, it's true. They're that's always true. constantly grinding. Anyway, I, that's the other thing about Scotty Barnes. You hear a lot is his temperament. His like. There, nobody has a bad word to say about him he's just like beloved by teammates coaches you know yeah. alike and I mean I'm sure a lot of these guys are that way you hear that about Suggs too so again yeah. I don't think we can go wrong with them I think one if Scotty Barnes hits he could be the best player of the draft but you're probably not going wrong with Jalen Suggs yeah um so. Yeah, I mean, look, Scotty. I mean, the comparison I made was just like you know, just take OG, but like replaces three point shooting with ball handling instead. Which is mm-hmm. like, if we could fuse the two of them, that'd be amazing. Yeah, uh, we really need to combine them together, like twins. Having, having two OGs is not terrible. No, can you imagine? Listen, can you imagine the nightmare of on defense? Yeah. This is why I was really hoping for. I mean, the pipe dream, which was Mobley, Evan Mobley. It's just like the the defensive, yeah. the the defensive front court of OG Pascal and Mobley like just mm. just crushes team souls. To yeah. be honest with you, yeah. Uh, listen, if he dropped a four, I would not mind, but uh, he won't. Unlikely, he won't. Okay. It's it's not likely. I don't think we think we just need to push that dream aside. Unless Masai manages to move up in the draft, yeah. Um, only other two pieces of speculation that are relevant. Mm. J- John, J- uh, Jonathan Javoni said that the Raptors are seen as the best developmental situation out of the top 10, which is nice. And it's true. Also a bit of a weird compliment because nobody yeah. in the bottom 10 is ne- necessarily that attractive. I guess Golden State, but they're really going to move their picks. So you're not even going to go there. Like um, seen by who? Like by who? I don't know. Is that just general? probably agents and stuff because look the, the, one, the one thing the Raptors have done a really good job of is developing guys and then paying them so that's yeah. something the agents can actually take back to their clients um and then um, the other thing is Jalen Suggs has apparently not worked out for Houston or Detroit I mean there's few, there's yeah. a few more days here he could make a last minute workout happen I guess but um you know is that relevant I think part is that of that relevant? I don't know I don't know if it's relevant so much. I mean, so the thing that you got to understand is Mobley's agent and Suggs's agent are the same agent. 
Mm. It doesn't sound as though Mobley has worked out with too many clubs either. I think where Houston really uh, shot themselves in the foot potentially is if they wanted to see these guys, maybe they shouldn't have made their intentions with Jalen Green so clear because it sounds as though Mobley hasn't worked out for anybody except for Cleveland from like the bits and pieces. You sort of have to put all these reports together, but the bits and pieces I've heard, the only you know, the only one that we've got confirmation that he, that they worked out with, and even that's not confirmation, but it's sort of implicit confirmation is Cleveland. And then, you know, you've got Suggs, you know, you get these reports coming out of both Houston and Detroit saying that they want to work out Suggs and, and he hasn't made an appointment with them, for lack of a better word. So, you know, I think that's sort of where maybe you shouldn't put your intentions on blast. Mm. <laughs> If you yeah, want some enough. of these guys, you know, kind of to get a good look at all four of the top, at all the top four guys, um, you know, the Raptors camp has been quiet, uh, which isn't surprising. Um, so it's difficult to say kind of what's going on there, but yeah, no, you should be like the know, Raptors. It's... You should, you should see all these reports are suddenly coming out of the Raptors. So the possibilities are that the Raptors don't see this as a consensus top four draft, which. Whether that's true or not, um, it's definitely more advantageous to give off that impression to other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raptors could trade up, or they've explored trading down, which again creates more uncertainty. <laughs> like these are <laughs> every single thing is a possibility with the Raptors, you know. So yeah, that's the way tells to play me it. That, you know, if you looked at, I don't know if there's any way to ever find this, but I'm sure the Raptors have sort of worked out more guys in that top ten than. Mm. than Houston or mm. or um than Houston or Detroit just because Houston and Detroit really just kind of zeroed in on their guys almost on day one yeah and everybody true. seemed everybody and their brothers seemed to know that Jalen Green was going to and everybody and their brother knew Didn't immediately just, that Kate Cunningham I think he was on an IG on. live with Kevin Porter Jr and I think he just said it <sighs> so- no Kevin Porter Jr kind of implied it he was like don't say too much Brody like we're you yeah, know but, tampering or something and it's just like did they really tell kevin porter jr maybe they did i mean maybe, maybe maybe they did maybe he's, they told he's almost maybe their franchise told... player at this point which is wild to say but <sighs> that's sad. where the franchise is right now although he did have a 50 piece late in the season so good, good for him i guess but maybe he told maybe they told jalen green and then jalen green told kevin porter jr that might make some sense i don't know that just seems like just keep your mouth shut, you know, mm. like don't go promising anybody anything. Yeah, seriously. But uh, maybe sometimes, you know, you have to make some promises to uh, get people to even come in to work out and stuff like that. So you never know what yeah. these things. Um, Kate, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. Obviously you're great. a fixture on the live call-in shows with me and Josh, but uh, you know, we have to give you, we have to call the ISO sometimes. We have to clear up. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. I, I'm the off season ISO. I'm happy to do it, uh, mm-hmm. William. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, this is this is the this is twice you've called me by <laughs> the full first name. Which we're now at the we're, we're coming full circle. Know. We're coming full circle. This is the formal wrap down. You know, I just thought that I'd. I, it was a callback. You know. Yeah. Oh, actually, one thing I originally wanted to do was is a, a Stanley suggestion because you, I see oh. I see you putting good suggestions on the timeline. So I feel like you probably have yeah. something good. I have not left my house in the last few days outside of going to uh-huh. Ikea in Vaughn. So not, not much suggesting going on. Um, right. I feel like the, the Ikea hot dogs, even though they're a dollar or whatever, um, not didn't hit the same way as they did when I was like 10 years old. I was like really excited oh, no. to have that. 
but it turns out that that hot dog is is super nasty. So uh, definitely. Do you remember that a- Lincolnberry drink at? Yes. At, at that's my favorite thing at at uh, at Costco for sure is the Lincolnberry drink. Yeah. Um, like what actually- else are you going to get a Lincolnberry drink? Exactly. No, you would need to be in some sort of Scandinavian context, which I was thinking the other day uh, about which country had the worst cuisine, like mm. which country that has actual restaurants that you can commonly visit has the worst mm-hmm. cuisine. And it really came, come up with my personal opinion. It was either like English cuisine, British cuisine yeah. or yeah. Scandinavian cuisine. I mean, pub food kind of can 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 hit. But like German I mean, cuisine is wrong. also somewhere in that mix. That's the top three for me. I, I guess the bottom three. I mean, are you gonna say no to it? Like a Wiener Schnitzel, though. Like everybody Probably loves not. Schnitzel. Probably not. You're like, right. Everybody that... loves Schnitzel, Schnitzel and Spetzla, and I can't ever say that word. And like Germans have a couple of delicious, you know, kind of. I think there's gems to find in everything, but I don't think you're wrong. Those Nordic cuisines, like there's not much to work with. They're, That's they've what I'm got saying. weird daylight hours that's going right. on they eat a lot, a lot of duck and pheasant I, um, and i like duck so i'm i'm still gonna go with england as the the, the, the number one in the pu- reverse like puffin rankings. okay um <laughs> yeah i there's a very famous uh chef that that is a of a nordic cuisine night magnus oh. no that's noma he is as well but sort of even further more scandinavian is uh this guy um Magnus Carlson, I think is his name. And he's on one of those, the he's on part? one of those. Uh, oh yeah. So Magnus Nielsen, maybe then. Uh, yeah. yeah. Carlson is Carlson is the chess player. Right. Anyway, he's on one of those. Um, he's on one of the chef's tables and he's got this cookbook and I, I got it as a gift okay. and it's full of stuff that you'll never be able to make in a million years because we just don't have the ingredients. You're not, not going to go out and get lingonberries <laughs> at food basics. <laughs> no. Okay. Get the lingonberries. Can't get the, you know the 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 funny pheasant bird that yeah. is only available on one island in the entire world. That's fair enough. So, no, I, uh, my Stanley suggestion. What's uh, your Stanley suggestion? Going to Costco? Uh, no. Um, uh, what's what is my Stanley suggestion? Um, honestly, you know, just um, listen to Dishes and Dimes. I was halfway through yeah, listening to their most recent episode, and it was quite good. So I'm gonna finish listening to that after this. Uh, what else? Um, what have I eaten? Anything good recently? Favorites barbecue. It's pretty good. Mm. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you like yeah, that thai, place thai is food. great. Yeah, it's got that some pretty good curries. I love that place. I think it's Thai or Indo. I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I confused thai. the two. It's Thai? Okay, it's good. It's Thai. Yeah. Don't want to confuse thai the two. Place. Very different cultures, but food somewhat similar. Anyway, um, your, your, um, your Stanley suggestion. I mean, okay. So if getting out is your jam, um... Oh God, getting out. What's that like? I'll come back to that. My okay. indoor Stanley suggestion, and, and you've made fun of this for me before, but I'm I'm really pushing it on all oh platforms. Is it, the, is it the driving again? <laughs> Watch Formula One Drive to Survive <laughs> on Netflix. I swear to you, it's more exciting than you think it is. I know. William, That's a hell of a way to sell the thing, man. Last is, time, well, you said I don't. You gotta want tell me. You gotta tell me the wingspan of the cars. You gotta uh, come on. Tell me the wingspan of the car. Tell me I the, believe the cars the are two length. meters wide. Okay. Um, listen, it's extremely fun. It's exciting. It's like if you took the best, most dramatic, like I don't really watch this, but Real Housewives. You took the drama and like 
interpersonal relationships of something like a real housewives and you combined it with like some sort of all access pass, like behind the scenes look like open gym, except they're not political. They're, they're, they're very anti-political. In fact, they're just like, no, I hate my, I hate this guy. And this is why like they, they will just lay it all out there for you. It is fascinating. Mm. And formula one is more dramatic than I ever thought. And okay. I went from, you know, zero to, not, not to not to be too punny about it, but I went from zero to 350 um, on Formula One. It's it's exciting. And there's a burgeoning group of uh, Raptors Twitter Formula One fans. Join us. It's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. On Sunday mornings, there's nothing else to do. So what do you mean? Watch Formula One. Play, that's survive. when soccer happens. The Premier League is coming like, back in like right now? a month. In like a month. Oh. I mean, right now, people are doing things like, I don't know, Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> well that, so. uh anyway that's my that's my that's my stanley suggestion for um inside for outside i mean i don't know man just get back out go to a restaurant sit on a patio mm. personal favorite of mine is el ray up in kensington they make great tacos have great margaritas sit in the sun yep. and, and see a friend that you haven't seen in a while yeah there's probably lots of those um yeah cool that's it it's pretty good all right, Kate, I appreciate you coming on. What uh, is there anything else you'd like to plug or follow Kate on Twitter at Kate B. Doll? And um, that's me. Yeah, what else? What else you got? Always follow Dishes and Dimes if you're not following, if you're not listening. Absolutely. That's that's the only that's the only other plug that I've got. Um, follow all the great women. If I say them, if I say all their names, I'm going to forget one. So I won't just That's... follow at dishes and dimes and then wow. follow every one of their handles. Look at you contributing um, to erasure. All right. Continue. Well, I just don't want, I, there's seven of them and I know I'm going to forget someone. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> not nah, Sandy Amon, nor uh, Kelsey, Katie and see. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry for whoever I forgot. Did you say Sidra? Sidra. Thank you. Wow. Sidra. Wow. Wow. See? God. This is why I didn't want to do it, Will. You really put me on the spot. Well, you know, this is, you know, this is uh, what I choose to entertain myself with. It's making people uncomfortable. <laughs> Follow every single one media. of them. Make sure to support them on yes. every channel. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. In terms of the podcast, so if you haven't already listened to um, the Canada Basketball Olympic Basketball Reaction Podcast, I don't have a name for it, but it's a reaction podcast for the women's uh, Olympic basketball team. They're making their, or I, I guess they're trying to get their first medal. Um, well, not the, I don't know if it's first medal, but last few years they've been getting out in the quarterfinals. I think they medaled uh, four, four or eight years ago. I think they, they did, didn't they? They were out in the quarters the last two Olympic runs. Mm-hmm. How much, how they did before that, I really don't know. Um, but in any case, yeah, I mean, they played a really good game against Serbia. Well, not really good game. They played half a really good game against Serbia. Forced 28 turnovers, somehow lost the game. Felt Raptors-esque in a way, I have to say. It was a little disappointing to, to watch. But that's been really fun, so check out that. Um, on Wednesday, I'm going to do another rumor roundup because these rumors continue to pop up at an absurd rate. So look out for a podcast on Wednesday. The draft is happening Thursday. A reaction pod is coming out that night. Um, And on Friday, I'm hoping to get a draft analyst to come on to tell you why the Raptors had a really successful draft night and give you a sense of who these players are. So there's going to be tons of content um, as you would expect here. And um, yeah, thanks for listening.